There it is. We're live. We are back. It's a beautiful Monday. A little cloudy, but uh, you know what? It's fine. It's a good day anyway, and we're going to have a lot of fun today talking about sex work and all kinds of different ways and and, and variations of it. Oh, it's going to be a good one. We're going to have a lot of fun, so tune in. Here we go. Practicing polyamory. Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, we're back. Welcome, everybody, to this beautiful day. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, at least until the end of next week, this month, next week, same thing. That's right, folks. Practicing Polyamory Podcast Season 1 is coming to an end on October 27th, but we will be back rocking and rolling in February of next year. So for the rest of this month, if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show before we end our first season, slide into my DMs. Let me know. Leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing Polyay. Let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, as a reminder, if you're listening to the podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect. We're here to share our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, share your imperfect story too. All right, everybody, here we go. Let's introduce today's wonderful guest. Today's guest is actually a returning guest who joined us a couple of months ago on episode 98 where we talked about the importance of practicing non-judgmental curiosity. Our guest is a poly kink, LGBTQ plus, and sex work affirming therapist who applies both counseling and coaching in her practice to help her clients achieve complete and limitless transformation. She's back on the show today to help us practice even more of her famous non-judgmental curiosity and to help guide us through the intersection of polyamory and sex workers. Uh, are all sex workers polyamorous? Do you have to be poly to have an OnlyFans? Can I be a monogamous sex worker or is that cheating? Our guest has a firmly established and well-respected repu reputation as an expert. She's going to help us answer those questions and more. So stay tuned, folks. We're going to have a lot of fun. Joining us once again out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, host of the ENM Book Club Stereo Broadcast, welcome to the show, Justine Guzman. <laughs> Justine, welcome back. Thank you so much for hopping back in. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's <laughs> it's it's absolutely my pleasure. You must have had a good time the first time around. So doing something right around here. Um, so let's jump right in. Intersection of polyamory and sex work. And I mean, I asked some questions here in in the uh, intro. You know, are all sex workers polyam? Do we have to be poly to have an OnlyFans? Can we be monogamous is this like a prerequisite what do you think i think that's a really good question um most certainly you don't have to be polyamorous as a sex worker um i just think it's an interesting intersection um because i know i i am a sex worker and what that looks like for me is i'm involved in sugaring dynamics so mm -hmm. i currently have one sugar daddy 
Um, and then I'm also polyamorous. And I think like someone that has an OnlyFans, it's a, an interesting, and if you're in a monogamous relationship or in a relationship, it's kind of like an interesting way to kind of view like, okay, well, how do I feel about that? Like, because mm -hmm. I share of myself in these kinds of ways with other people, is that an interesting like entry point into polyamory? Like, how do I feel about the, yeah. these dynamics, like commitment, exclusivity, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but not every sex worker has to label themselves polyamorous for sure. For sure. For sure. I think that was kind of a, not a, a silly question, but one of those, like, I already knew the answer before I asked on that, but I think it's really cool that you bring this up, you know, or, or that this gets brought up. Um, I, I, I do wonder about that, especially today's age, right? There's so many, like, being a sex worker, having an OnlyFans or Fansly or whatever else is out there, um, like it's so accessible and like an easy way to. I I, I want to say easy. I, I I I let me let me take that back, right? Because it's not easy. Like it takes real work to be successful in any of those things. Mm -hmm. It's not just the let me set this up and all of a sudden the money's going to start rolling in. There's like more to it would, would you be willing to share kind of like your experience in getting started with it or like how this kind of came about or even if you have uh clients anything like that mm -hmm. i mean yeah no i totally agree like it's 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 called sex work for a reason like it takes um work and effort and like consistent work and effort and mm -hmm. time and energy um i will say like I, I wouldn't say it's easy. I would say it's more accessible to more people now. Um, right. Definitely agree with that. Um, so, um, I, I, it's, I guess that's that's something there. Like maintaining, having and maintaining an Oling fans is not even anything that like me personally. I have the time and energy to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't do that because yeah, that's that's a full time job. Um, if you want to, sure. to be successful at it. So for instance, that, that sex work that I don't do, it's just don't have the mental bandwidth to ma maintain that kind of presence online. But um, I feel like those, those kinds of relationships are very real also though. Like, I mean, sure. It, there, there's somebody on the other side that's paying for your time or paying for, for the worker's time uh, and, and affection or whatever. But like, like you were saying, you know, I feel like having time and bandwidth and all of these things to maintain all of these relationships, like they, they, they have a tendency to become very real and meaningful. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's definitely, that's been my experience or that's at least how I conduct myself within um, while being a sugar baby and having a sugar daddy. There's a lot of people that um, I think, think that that is like an easy thing to slip into always. Oh, It'll be so easy to find someone to like pay all my bills. That's easy. I can do that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Which I think puts people in kind of potentially risky situations or situations that they don't want. Mm -hmm. um, but it absolutely how, how I do it is it's very much a relationship that takes time and effort and respect and communication um, boundaries, like navigating boundaries and stating those things, all things right. that I already kind of, I have a good grasp on because I'm polyamorous and I have to, um, that kind of set me in good stead with in being involved in sugaring dynamics that is traditionally, um, transactional in nature. Right. And my situation uh -huh. is no less transactional, but, 
all of the kind of good communication stuff that I've gotten from being polyamorous sets me in good stead within a sugaring dynamic with, with my person. I love that. I love that because there is just so much that we learn about boundaries, communication, um, consent, even there was something that you touched on the, the riskiness of it. Uh, the thing that comes to my head is, uh, like financial dependence. Like if you find somebody that starts paying all your bills, all of a sudden you have a potential to be dependent on that person, you know, how how does one protect themselves how do we protect ourselves if we're getting into this kind of dynamic to make sure that we don't fall into some kind of you know i think of um what is it um um a uh, uh, word that i'm looking for that's not coming to mind um predator predator oh, pre yes. like yes. like like predatory like like oh yeah let me get somebody who's who, who i let me just get my hooks in them and then once I once I have, you know, their finances under my control, that's it. Like they're done. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Ah, that's scary. See, that is scary. <laughs> that's scary because there are plenty of people out there like that. Like so from from my end, my perspective, being a sugar baby um, on on my stereo show and personally, professionally, whatever. I do talk a lot about if you want to try to cultivate that kind of dynamic. You really have to know your personal boundaries and limitations and be able to communicate those to people. Um, a lot of people that uh, I've come in contact with that want to be sugar babies are really coming at it from they are, you know, they need to make rent or, you know, unexpected bills came up and they need to pay them and they can't. Mm -hmm, They're coming mm -hmm. from a place of like um, need and I just find that, like, when you make kind of decisions based off of, like, I'm in a crisis, I'm going to be kicked out on the street. It doesn't right. usually – you make concessions with your boundaries and what you would be comfortable with doing. And if you mm -hmm. are entering into a dynamic like that, there will be people that will take advantage of you. Right. That will cross your physical boundaries or sexual boundaries, you know, won't care about you. Um, so I always kind of recommends like, don't get into this if like you need the money or you're hard up, like, because that's really hard to maintain things that are important to you to keep you safe. Right. Um, and then on the other side of that, um, feedback that I've gotten, you know, from, from my sugar daddy, there's, there's lots of people out there that are willing to kind of say or do whatever it is that they think that you want to hear in an effort to manipulate you in some way, take advantage of you, potentially extort you. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, knowing kind of from hit from their end too, like, what am I willing, what do I want in this kind of partner? What am I willing to do? Um, and really Ooh. sticking to those boundaries. That is awesome stuff right there. Cause you're right. The, the uh, predatory practices can go either direction it can be somebody, a sugar baby, who decides, oh, well, now I've got, you know, Senator so-and-so's, you know. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that high. But, I mean, you know, you have somebody's private stuff. And, and yeah, there's definitely a, a chance for blackmail and those kinds of things. So what mm -hmm. types of um, rules, what types of agreements, what types of security measures uh, did you and your sugar daddy put into place to kind of make sure that you don't, that neither one of you uh, 
uses each other's information or anything like that against one another. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, honestly, like the, the rules and boundaries that I have within that dynamic are not different than what I would be doing in a, a polyamorous dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. He knew very, he knew like from the get go that like, I require blood work results. I will get blood work done. You get blood work done before we're sexually active with each other, which uh -huh. is a polyamorous boundary that I have with partners. Uh -huh. um, you'll never come to my home. Like I'll never host, um, okay. which is a boundary that I have with my current, um, he's my ex, now he's my roommate. Um, we don't bring partners into our, our home. This is like our, our place to do mm -hmm. our thing. Um, you know, I, he knows, well, in the beginning, because I, we've been together for a year now. In the beginning, um, I would always turn on my location and share it with uh, a partner or someone so they would know where I was. Uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. I, do that. I do that when I'm initially dating polyamorously as well. Like it's a lot of overlap. Honestly. Yeah. Sounds like it. Um, I've had some sugar daddies um, that initially don't want to give me their last name because they're worried. They've had bad interactions with people and they're worried that I'm going to try to like blackmail them or extort mm -hmm. them in some kind of way. So I always kind of honor that um, when it comes up. Um yeah, I mean, a lot of the same boundaries and parameters that I would just be doing with any traditional partner. Um, this is kind of like a big one for me, and it kind of um, inspires a lot of frustration from potential sugar daddies. Um, I require that everybody kind of know about me. Like, being consensual and everything above board is very important to me polyamorously, and then also uh -huh. in a sugaring dynamic. So if this person is married, their, their partner needs to know, they don't need to know everything about me, but needs to know that you're in the picture. This is, this is happening. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and just like, I mean, that's, that's one of the foundation bedrock points of polyamory. Everyone's right. be knowing about everybody else so that everyone can fully consent and mm -hmm. do, do the thing. So, um, that doesn't get me a lot of, that is, I don't make a lot of friends that way because there are a lot of unethical people within sugaring community that uh -huh. want to, you know, mess around behind their, their wives. And I'm not interested in that part of the fun. Yeah. 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 So that, that's another big boundary for me too. And the, the sugaring dynamics that I've been in have all been respectful of that. I love that. I love that. Like, It's it's so it's it's refreshing, honestly, um, because it, we're we're sitting here talking about it, and and yeah, for sure, there are a lot of of people. I'm just gonna say people mm -hmm. who want to keep their spouse in the dark, mm -hmm. right? They don't want you know their spouse to know, and it, 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 we're ENM, right? Like ethical <laughs> non monogamy. Like the ethical part is important to us, and I love that you just take that over into into that. Uh, into that part of, of, you know, I mean, it's, it's all part of the way that you do relationships Yeah, is what it sounds like. Like, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a, a sugar daddy relationship or just a regular relationship. These are things that you're going to do. You're going to get, you know, STI checks and everything before mm -hmm. having sex with somebody. You're, you already had this agreement not to host you, you share locations. I mean, this is just stuff that you normally do. It just so happens that somebody's paying for your time. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, okay. 
So what what I start to think of is, you know, the the judgment that comes your way, I'm sure. The judgment from uh, all kinds of people. I had somebody reach out to me uh, in, in my DMs and, you know, they they really want their uh, husband to be able to have sex, you know, with somebody else. Uh, but like they don't want their husband to have any feelings or any kind of relationship. I'm like, well, you should hire a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's here you go. And they're like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Like, oh, no, not a sex worker. Yeah. Ew. Can you yeah. give me some like. Can we destigmatize a little bit? Can you help us like like break that down and be like, look, we're just we're human beings. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. It, for as far as we've come when it comes to being more accepting and open minded about things, like we're still like a, a Christian nation for the most part that wants right. to like stigmatize things like anything to do with sexuality. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like um I mentioned on the last the last show that I was on, it's pretty big and important to me that I be open and transparent with all all parts of me. Um, so I am open with the fact that like if someone asks me like who who are you dating right now, I say, well, I have an anchor boyfriend, and then also I have a sugar daddy. Like, mm-hmm. and so that invites a lot of conversation. <laughs> yep, and some of that very judgmental. Um, And it's just, I think it's initially a very kind of um, provocative thing to talk about and it takes people off guard and they respond in general pretty judgmentally and negatively. Um, I think if we were to move towards, you know, what, what some European countries are doing into like legalized sex work so that was Uh a little bit more, um, okay, now it's like, it's regulated. Mm-hmm. Now, like, this is just like another another employee, you know, doing a task. I think that would probably go a long way to, to destigmatizing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, that would, I would enjoy that. That would be great. Um, yeah. And I know, like, and I guess this is something a little bit more specific to my experience. Um, there are lots of sex workers um, that, you know, are good at compartmentalizing and they don't form attachments with these people. They come in their lives and then they leave. And that's great. It's very, um, very episodic. You don't Mm -hmm. get attached. Um, I know that's definitely not, that's not a thing that I do. Um, I get attached to these people. We form relationships and bonds and there's communication, like ongoing communication, a a dynamic. Um, So I'm definitely more on that like relational end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, but there's a wide spectrum of sex workers that involve connection and intimacy on the emotional line. I'm more on the relational part. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I like, I mean, you know, everybody's got their, their own different ways of, of doing it, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think if I was ever going to do something like that, it would be more like that because I'm just more of a relationship person anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I totally dig it. Um, but when it comes to, okay, just going back to to the judgments, you have these conversations with people. Somebody will just tell you, or you, you'll just straight up be like, oh yeah, I have you know, my anchor boyfriend and I have a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. And then, so so the judgments start coming. Like what are people's reactions? And like, if you have a negative reaction, uh how do you how do you like cope with that or or 
maybe not just for yourself, but, but, you know, for our audience, because I think that there are a lot of sex workers in polyamory. I feel like our community is accepting and, you know, the fact that we, we openly practice multiple relationships to your point, you know, the, the, the sex workers, especially like I'm thinking only fans, you know, they maintain these relationships. And so they're texting all kinds of different people and sending pictures of themselves and doing all these things that are very like relationshipy, even if it's not like a relationship. So, so everybody that, that does this, if they ever mention it can get, you know, judged by the person that they're talking to. So like, what are some things that you maybe tell yourself or tell your clients who potentially are sex workers to help them kind of realize it's okay to be who you are? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I do get a range of responses, like anywhere from, ooh, that's gross. How could you do that? Like, why do you need to do that? Um, to curiosity, like legitimate, like non-judgmental mm-hmm. curiosity, where they just want to know more about, like, how how does that go? Like, t- tell me more. Um, a lot of people kind of view it as like, well, who hurt you? That's why you're doing this. Like, mm. you must be broken in some way. Like, that's why you. That's why someone would do this, which couldn't be further from the the, the truth. Right. Um, and my response to all of that is usually just education. And that's exactly what I do with polyamory. Like, I think people initially have a really strong reaction to polyamory, just the same like as they do to sex work. Um, so I try to just educate, give them an opportunity to ask questions of someone um, where they might not be able to typically um, mm-hmm. and try to answer them with patience and understanding. Um, yeah. And then... Um, Whenever, like, I come across someone that, like, wants to kind of get into that lifestyle, honestly, this is not just sex work. This is polyamory, too. I recommend that they do their own their own work on figuring out, like, what do you want to get out of this? What mm-hmm. are your boundaries and limitations? And then also, okay, what kind of amount of visibility do you want to have this be a part of? Like, do you want to be open and like talk about these things on your Instagram or do you need to create a different Instagram? Like mm-hmm. be, have self-preservation, like figure out like your place and like how loud and open you want to be about this and then just follow, follow that out. Yeah. And even if they do create their own Instagram, like they probably will still be recognized by somebody that they know right because like that's how the algorithm works Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. there's a good chance right yeah i mean and you always kind of have to like be ready for that like i've kind of resigned myself to the fact that at some point in time because i i'm on um i mean just like we have online dating apps there's dating apps for for sugaring so i have profiles on a number of websites and i have to kind of like resign myself to the fact that someone i know personally or professionally at some point in time is going to come across this this profile that i have Mm -hmm. and i have to be ready to talk about it if they if they bring it up to me like I came across you on this 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 website like what do you have to say to yourself kind of thing um <laughs> and i mean it, it's not a big deal to me like i can handle it um mm-hmm. but that's always kind of that's always kind of a thing that someone could recognize you and then be very assertive and making you 
explain yourself and you have right. to kind of think about what you want to say in those instances. Interesting. Interesting. I, uh, when, uh, when I first started exploring non-monogamy, it was uh, in the swinging community. And so there's, you know, a website for all the swingers. Right. And I remember, uh, you know, my wife and I were both on there and she was like, what if somebody sees us? What if somebody recognizes us? You know, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to say? I was like, well, if they do, they were on that website too. Like, True. Yeah, <laughs> we're not alone here. Like each other now, you have to yeah. admit. Like, exactly, exactly. Like you have to admit that you were on that website. Yeah, well, that's cool, yeah. baby. I mean, you know how it is. <laughs> that is so funny exactly. that you bring that up because that exact same thing happens with with my roommate. That's my ex now. When we um, started looking for additional boyfriends and girlfriends, we both like got together, made our Tinder profiles. Um, we did it together, like as a, a couple's activity and we're both on that website and with less than 24 hours, his stepsister came across me on that mm -hmm. website on Tinder and messaged me like independently through Instagram. I was like, is everything okay with you and him? Like, why am I seeing you on Tinder? And then, you know, I have to kind of, well, we're polyamorous because we weren't, we weren't out to, to his family. Mm -hmm. And then I had to be like, why were you on Tinder? You're married. Like, and uh, had to have, have that conversation. And it was a little bit of a bonding moment. It was good. But, nice. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, I mean, you're kind of outing yourself there if you uh, find us on the websites. Yeah. Um, all right, we're we're getting close to our time here. Um, is there anything else that uh, I didn't ask you yet? Anything else that you wanted to touch on uh, with regard to this intersection? Because I think it's a really cool intersection. I think there's mm -hmm. so much, uh, you know, it, it, it's out there. Like, I, I feel like it's a frequent enough thing. Like, I, I know plenty of people that are poly and sex workers, mm -hmm. um, you know. And so is there any, like, last minute things that you want to leave with this audience i mean no i guess because i guess yeah when i stop and think about it i know a lot of polyam people in the community that are also like they have an only fans or they're they're cam girls or whatever mm -hmm. um and i do think if if you're in if you're monogamous traditionally but you do do things like you know sex work um, reflecting on that can be interesting. Like, what am I getting out of this relationally? Or what am I getting out of this? Is this a jumping off point? Is this an indication that maybe I would potentially be happy in something like polyamory or an offshoot of it, mm. whether it's swinging or, you know, whatever, because it is like, at least how I practice it, it, it's an entry. It's very intimate like sex work typically you know mm -hmm. some people you know get a little bit more emotional and connected and attached than others but if you're able to kind of do that successfully like able to run an only fan successfully what does that denote about maybe what you want from others and also your capacity to juggle it effectively like efficiently. Right. maybe you have the skills to do you know something like a polyamorous relationship like effectively um yeah oh i nice. guess that's 
I like it. I like it. I like it. Good, good words of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> Justine, the last thing that I want to ask you uh, is just to promote yourself. Uh, if you want to talk about your stereo show or anything else that you've got going on, uh, let people know how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still doing the stereo show with my, my co-host Greeny on stereo at from 1030 to 1230 central standard time. Today, uh, we talked about how to navigate conflict within polyamorous relationships because it's the next chapter of the ethical slut that we covered. So we nice. talked about that today, and that's every Monday. Now my cat, of course, is deciding to act up. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I don't have anything else going on. I mean, if you're in the DFW area and you're in need of a therapist, I operate um, well, you know, if you Google me, you Google my first and my last name, you'll find the practice that I operate out of. Um, I'm always taking new clients. I know it's kind of hard to find a kink-informed, polyam-informed, pro-sex work therapist in the DFW area. So I'm always taking clients to help with those issues, as well as, you know, your more traditional anxiety, depression, stuff like that. Um, but you do have to be in Texas for me to see you. That's the only caveat there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Uh, and please follow Justine on Instagram at beautiful stack of pancakes. Uh, Justine, I just want to thank you again so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me a little bit more today, a little bit more of this practicing non-judgmental uh, curiosity, especially around sex work. And uh, I just think it was a really cool, really, really meaningful conversation. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to hang out with me again today. Yeah. Thank you for having me on again. Of course, of course. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can be said for the podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time, at least for the rest of this month. Or sign up for Patreon, where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever you download your podcast. If you haven't already, please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today, as always, until tomorrow and every day. Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.